116th episode of Pixel Polygons and Fun, the video game podcast where you talk about anything under the video game sun. I am your host, Genji. With me today is Mr. Odin. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Odin. That's all I and- got. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's yeah. all. Okay, all right. Colo. Hello. And we have Penguin. Hello. And again, pulled like out of the fabric of nothing. We have DJ back again. Ha ha, I'm a horse. Nay! <laughs> Nay, bitch! Uh, so how, how, are, how are you guys doing today? You know. Tired. I <laughs> want to go to bed. I'm from a week of work. Oh, I, I, I get that entirely. But um, I think with that being said, you guys, let's go ahead and kick off the show. But as always, got to make a phone call. We will be right back. Oh, yes. I see. Good news, everyone. Welcome back to the new segment of the show. You guys got some, excuse me, stuff to talk about today. Pulling from GamesIndustry.biz, written by Rebecca Valentine, who is the only writer ever. And every other, yeah, the only one that matters. Uh, Phil Spencer, you are going, you, you're, fuck, you're going to see lower price hardware as part of our ecosystem. Microsoft's foray into lower price gaming hardware with consoles like the Xbox Series S is far from over, according to Xbox head Phil Spencer. In an interview with Stratacherry, I botched that via The Verge. Um, uh, Spencer indicated that an even cheaper hardware, such as TV streaming sticks like a Roku device, may one day come to be in the cards to facilitate gaming services like xCloud. Quote, I think you're going to see lower price hardware as part of our ecosystem when you think about streaming sticks and other things that somebody may want to just go plug into your TV and go play via xCloud, Spencer said. You could imagine us even having something that we just included in the Game Pass subscription that gave you an ability to stream xCloud games to your television and buying the controller. Spencer also mentioned Xbox Game Pass Platinum as a idea in the future, which would theoretically include guaranteed access to new Xbox hardware. Uh, the Series S launching inside the Series X at a $200 cheaper price point for reduced capabilities and no disk drive has followed an ongoing stated strategy of Xbox to make gaming more accessible to wider audiences alongside other means such as Xbox Game Pass and xCloud. So what do you guys think of this move? Bold move. Business-wise, it's not a terrible strategy. No, I mean, to to really get it in the hands of of everyone if you can i can see where that would pay off for microsoft in the you know down the road i mean i i have personally messed around with with x cloud and i can say it does it does work i can entirely foresee like a like a roku stick but xbox that you plug in to play games with i can entirely foresee that with no issue at all I don't know. Have to 
We'll have to wait and see. Do you, any of you guys have anything? I mean, as a comment or for the next story? Next story. Unless you guys want to comment on this. I think Colo had the next one. All right. I got some. Do you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, pulling from gamesindustry.biz, written by our other favorite writer, Rebecca Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> Very proud of you guys today. <laughs> we haven't we had Rebecca. You, we haven't re- we haven't read her stuff. As far as I'm concerned, on the episodes that I've been on, we haven't read much of Ms. Valentine's stuff in a while. So, anyway, Nintendo drops the price of single Joy Cons in the U.S. Uh, Nintendo has cut the price of individual Joy Con controllers for the Nintendo Switch in the U.S. from fifty dollars to forty dollars. Announced in a tweet. The price cut comes alongside the release of single Joy-Con controllers in neon blue and neon red in the U.S. Um, The change will take effect officially on November 9th, 2020. Prior to this, Nintendo has only made gray Joy-Con controllers available for individual purchase in the U.S., retailing at $50 apiece. With this price drop, this brings individual controllers in line in line with pricing for pairs, which remains at $80 for a set of two. Uh, earlier, this month, er, earlier this month, Nintendo dropped the price of individual Joy-Cons in Japan from 4,400 yen, about $43 US dollars, to 3,700 yen, which is about $36 US dollars. So, okay. I mean, that's. I I like that the price has dropped because I've actually been having issues with my Joy Cons. So, replacing them one by one actually is a little bit cheaper. So, that's always nice. Plus, I can get different skins for the Joy Cons too to make my Switch look nice. That's awesome. Oh, thank God. Yeah, so it's a, a nice nice thing that they're doing. Especially, especially around coming up on the holidays, that's, this is going to be big. That's a smart move. Yeah, right. Oh, it's a exactly very right. smart move for, for around the holidays to drop at $10. $10 doesn't seem like a lot, but if you need two brand new Joy-Cons, that's 80 instead of 100 That's true. I know. I have to have to see how it pans out for them, especially before Black Friday. Even just dropping the prices, you're going to sell them like hotcakes. But uh, all right, DJ, do you have anything? Uh, yes, I got a news story. That's kind of a kind of been growing over the past 48 hours or so. Uh, this also comes from GameIndustry.biz uh, by James Batchelor. Uh, Google distanced itself from Stadia creative director Alex Hutchinson. Ooh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know if anyone saw the video I had posted yesterday in our personal uh, Pixels chat, but uh, Alex Hutchinson put out a uh, bit of a hot take on Twitter the other day. What happened? Uh, Alex- 
uh, Alexis Hutchison, creative director, a creator, creative director of Studio Game, uh, Stadia Games and Entertainment Montreal Studio, formerly known as Typhoon Studios, commented on Twitch's recent clampdown on videos using copyrighted music, which has been going on. A lot of creators are having to, basically their entire libraries are having to be extinguished because the music industry sucks. But uh, what he wrote was streamers worried, quote, streamers worried about getting their content pulled because they use music they didn't pay for should be more worried by the fact that they're streaming games that they didn't pay for as well. Yo, that's some rough shit right there. He continued on the real truth is the streamer should be paying the developers and publishers of the games they stream. They should be buying a license like any real business and paying for the content they use. So even if we already paid for a game and then we stream that game, we have to pay for the game again? According to this guy, yes, you should have to pay a licensing fee as a privilege to show you playing your game. Go fuck yourself. Not, Not you specifically, DJ. That specific guy can go fuck himself. Yeah, in a sense, he wants to put a tax on it, or you have to buy a licensing fee. Fuck that. Absolutely not. And Google's response was, the recent tweets by Alex Hutchinson do not reflect those of Stadia, YouTube, or Google. Uh, Meanwhile, Google's global head of gaming for YouTube, Ryan Wyatt, tweeted, We believe that publishers and creators have a wonderful symbiotic relationship that has allowed a thriving ecosystem to be created, one that has mutually benefited everyone. YouTube is focused on creating value for creators, publishers, and users. All ships rise when we work together. I know, that just sounds like they're trying to cover their ass. Well, they're basically telling Alex that he can go screw himself. Because I don't know if you guys remember, one of the big marketing bits for Stadia was the ability to play Stadia games with streamers. So you have this guy who's working in the creative side of Stadia who thinks streamers have to pay, should have to pay fees? Who think that streamers don't buy their own games? And who, after winning on this Twitter rant, went and streamed some game afterwards like a freaking hypocrite that he is wow so yeah this guy is just full of crap yeah fuck you alex and google is right to distance themselves from it because like what the heck what is this guy doing we have you stadia is part of google which has youtube gaming which is a streaming site for games If people were to associate this guy with YouTube, no one would want to be on YouTube gaming. No. So actually, like, bravo. All right, I guess I shouldn't say bravo, but no, that was a good move that Google distanced themselves. It's like this guy doesn't understand how streaming works. He just sees people making money and wants that money. Greedy motherfuckers, man. They're out there. But I think they're entitled. Right. right. Not how the world works. But I'm um, pulling from Serebi.net. There's a couple of 
uh, major stuff going on in Pokemon Go uh, to figure to update you guys. Um, from now, uh, as of uh, recording today at uh, 2000 UTC on November 5th, Darkrai is the new five-star raid boss. So uh, Origin Form Giratina has officially left, so Darkrai has taken over. The Halloween event has first has started, so you can go get your costume... Uh, what's the word? Sableye, which actually is kind of cute because it has like a, a Litwick costume on it. And then we have the official official Pokemon Go debut of Galarian Yamask. Spirit Tomb is back, and so is a uh, what's the word? Costume Gengar. And then the special Ghost Research event has also started, so you can go get some Mega Gengar candy to Mega Evolve your Gengar. And then we have a uh, code that has been revealed to give you the Alolan Cap Pikachu. The code is Ultra Pika. And uh, the I in Pika being a number one. So go go get yourself a Pikachu hat. Go play, go play Pokemon Go. Go catch you some Spookums. Good time. Pika Boogum. But, uh, all right, lovely people, we're going to cut the news here and go into the next segment. We will be right back. Welcome back to the next segment of the show, you guys, where we will talk about what we've been playing the last week or so or anything else we would like to bring up. Mr. Odin, you look a little night-night tired, sleepy. What have you been doing? Ah, well, mostly I've been playing a lot of Destiny 2. Um... Completed my season pass, got to level 100 on it. I'm now actually above season pass rank 100, so that's pretty nice. Cool. Um, kind of reconnecting with my clan on there and trying to get things back up and running. Uh, I'm playing a little bit of Pokemon Go periodically throughout the week, just kind of hopping on here and there. Um, and now playing Pokemon Sword and Shield. For, you know, it's no spoiler alert, you know, things have come out for Pokemon Sword and Shield as of late. Um, no, whatever are you talking about? It. You know, just extra activities for the game. But yeah, that's literally all I've been doing in gaming. Okay. DJ, what have you been doing, buddy? Um, gaming-wise, I've been pretty slow on stuff. I've had a lot of stuff going on. Um, I'm playing Pokemon right now. I just got my... Got a new lead Pokemon to work to work with. Um, I've been doing some Pokemon Go. We've been doing some pony raids. Uh, Val is not able to speak with us on the podcast tonight, but she has been obsessed with the ponies as well. <laughs> Um, doing a little bit of Dokkan, did their new, uh, Halloween event, got the new Halloween card, which is kind of sweet. I don't know if you've, I don't know if you and Colo have seen the Halloween card. No, I don't think I have. It's a special little what-if story if, uh, what if Pan from GT went back in time and, uh, saved Grandpa Gohan from being crushed by Goku. So you get a little card of uh, Grandpa Gohan and Pan in the same card 
doing Kamehameha. Dude, that's dope as hell. Yeah, I don't have it rainbowed yet, but I just need more potential orbs for it. Yeah, I ended up rainbowing it only because it needed it for the mission, but... And there's also the EZA areas for the uh, Gotenks with his ghosts and the Vegito candy. So those are there. And that's a stupid Halloween banner that no one should summon on because there's nothing new in it. It's just a waste of your stones. Don't do it. Don't do it! But yeah, other than that, I got nothing. All right, Miss Penguin, what have you been doing? I don't play video games. Oh, uh, no. Not at all. Work. Not at all. No, all Penguin does is sleep, work, and ladybug. That's it. Facts. What are you talking um, about? Uh, it's only two things work and ladybugs. Since when does Penguin sleep? Never. Well, let me rephrase that work, ladybug, and nap. There we go. Much more accurate. <laughs> Much more accurate. Um, so I've been playing Mario Sunshine because it's the only game worth playing in that whole collection. Hey. <laughs> That's fired again. Well, I mean, let's be honest. None of them are actually worth playing. DJ! What? I know where you fucking live, asshole. Well, after Mario Odyssey came out, why would you ever want to go back and play any of the other ones? Because they're special. Because Mario Odyssey isn't on an island. Um, but Mario Sunshine, I tried out the Kingdom Hearts Rhythm game demo. I fucking suck. But I'm still going to pay $60 to get it because I'm trash. Was it really that bad? No, I mean, it's not It's not a bad... It's bad for $60, but it's not like a bad game. I'm just really bad at rhythm games. It's like you're being a hypocrite. What does this you always tell us? Not if it's a bad game for the... And it's for the price? It's a bad game for the price? I don't know what you're saying to me, Odin. Do you really not? No. Oh, yeah. it sound like your brain stopped working halfway through that sentence. Yeah, it didn't make sense. I'm, at, I'm asleep by this time, man, for my new work schedule. This is torture. Do you, do you need to get off and go to bed? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll be fine. I just, I just, I'll just keep my mouth closed for a while. <laughs> what were you trying to say? <laughs> so you know how, like, when we ask you to buy us something, you're like, no. Only if it's a good game. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm calling you a hypocrite because now you're telling us that you're going to buy a game that's bad because of its price for what it is. I have a feeling it won't be $60. No, it's $60. The pre-order's up already. Wow. That game yeah. Is $60. That's a $40 at most. It's okay. I won't hold it against you, Penguin. It's fine. Penguin, just go to Walmart and get some Walmart prices on that shit. Just take the te- just take the ten dollars off and buy it at Walmart or Amazon. Amazon, you get like five dollars off, but then they ha- you got to make sure it's like free shipping and shit. Just go to Walmart, get it for sixty with tax. Sometimes no wants me to go to Walmart. Twenty percent off. Yeah, with a good old five finger discount. 
Wow, that's that, no. <laughs> <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> All right, fine. Ten finger discount, but that's as high as I'll go. No, it's worse. Now you're letting <laughs> both your hands be chopped up. <laughs> Who needs hands? If you're buying a video game, you, you do. Need hands. Ah <laughs> oh, man, but um, Colo, you've been. What what have you been doing, Colo? Uh, I've been playing. A little bit You've been of sitting uh, here laughing at us. Haven't you been paying attention? Yeah, I've been playing a little bit of 3D All Stars. Okay. Kind of just switching around from game to game on there. Um. Let's see. That played a little bit of Dokkan. Um, I'm glad that they put the uh, Clash Budo Ten event back up because apparently I didn't rainbow the Vegeta, the Vegeta AGL card, so I went and finished that one after all these years. That Vegeta is um, very handy. The Goku is very handy too when they're both rainbowed, even though they're not they don't even get a Dokkan Awakening. They're very handy. Well, the, the Vegeta is great for defense. Yeah. So I finally, re I finally went and rainbowed him. Um... I've also been playing a little bit of Pokemon. Not much. Oh. I played a little bit of Smash with a couple friends. I beat all their ass in Smash. But you're really bad. Yeah, but they're worse. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Cool. They claimed they claimed they were really good, but then I I didn't lose a single game. So, they're not that good. But um and then I've been playing a little bit of Mario Kart, actually. I ha I went and bought Mario Kart, and I just never bothered to touch it. And I'm like, oh, well, I'll play this eventually, and just never played it. But I hopped on it a for a little bit the other day. Did you guys see that new Mario Kart that just came out? I want to get it. Oh, oh the toy one? The, the one where it's like... Uh, it's it okay. Like, it's like a remote control. Yeah. Like it's it's actually really cool. There's no real multiplayer to it. Anyone who wants to play with it, they have to have the game themselves and a cart. You can't just yeah, like, I've heard getting the extra car is a super expensive. Yeah, it's like a hundred dollar thing. Hundred, hundred and twenty five dollars. It's like a hundred dollars per car. Yeah. Which is nuts. But yeah, that's about it. Um I can officially say this now since I, w I usually say it at the end, but I'll say it now. Clover is officially done on the YouTube channel. Ooh. After a year and a half, we I, I finally beat it. It's done. It's uploaded. It's done. Yay. Go check. Go, go watch me get very, very frustrated with the Elite Four. Have fun with that. Oh, I, I did. I had I had buttloads of fun. I had buckets of fun. All right. Gallons, even. <laughs> well, I guess uh, I, get, I can go ahead and get Pokemon Go out of the way. Um, I have been doing a lot of raids as well. Uh, Glory and Ponyta has had its Pokemon Go debut, so we've been doing a couple of them.
Um, since last episode, I have caught two shiny Giratinas. The origin form of them, I should specify. So, dope. Um, I have also been playing Pokemon Masters because a new... Excuse me, a new egg event has started. Lame. So, which gives the player character a new uh, sync pair with Mankey and Lapras, with those two having their shiny forms now debuted in Pokemon Masters. And it, uh, it's funny that we talk about that because one of my eggs hatched and I happened to hatch a shiny Kangaskhan. Which is fucking awesome. I was, I was legitimately, I was not expecting it. So I was pleasantly surprised. Um, trying to think what else. What else have I been playing? Uh, I guess I could say a tiny bit of Dokkan, but honestly not too much. Just logging in to keep my keep my bonus streak going. To make sure I don't lose it. Get that I, thousand day Goku. Exactly. That's that's ultimately what I'm trying to gun for. But um I think that honestly about covers it. It's been it's been a light week for me because I just started my brand new job with orientation weeks. So that's pretty much where most of most of my time has been going, so I apologize for my um, light gameplay. I mean, I, I've been playing one more thing as of today with recording, but we're going to get into that, into the topic, which is right now. What a segue. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's me, Riley Brooks. You may have noticed that I'm not here. Sorry about that. Um, I kind of decided to take the day off, and somebody else... Also decided to take the day off, Mr. Vito, but instead of just leaving y'all hanging, he recorded something from his humble abode, so we'll cut it over to him for this day in gaming history. Hello, everybody, it's me, Vito. I have come today with this day in gaming history. Uninterrupted. This day in 2000, the PlayStation 2 was released. The best-selling game console of all time, I've heard. Quite the achievement. Uninterrupted my ass. How did you get into my house? I have a master key, Vito. I, I'm going to have to call the police after this. Anyway, this day in 2004, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas was released for the PlayStation 2. This day in 2006, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, Justice for All, was released in Japan for the Nintendo DS. Fucking dope. Indeed. This day in 2009, Borderlands was released for the PC. This day in 2017, Shin Megami Tensei, Strange Journey Redux was released in Japan. And finally, this day in 2018, Red Dead Redemption 2 was released for the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. And Call that it the has correct been, name there, Vito. Uh, I believe you children refer to it as Yeehaw Skyrim. I'm very proud of you. Anyway, this has been Gaming History. I bid you all adieu. Welcome back, you guys, to the topic of the show, where we will pick a topic about anything under the video game sun and have a discussion about it. Colo, what are we doing? We're talking DLC today, boys. Hell yeah, Bro. we are. Woo! 
ladies and gentlemen. Not allowed. <laughs> we are specifically oh, talking crazy. about ma- mainly uh, Crown Tundra DLC for Pokemon Sword and Shield. But we are also going to be talking overall about Sword and Shield DLC as a whole, including Isle of Armor, which we had our episode about that. To scroll back in the Pixels feed and you'll be able to find that episode, uh, as well as our initial review of Sword and Shield, which we had special guest Celeste of Blast Baron Radio on. So I would recommend you guys go listening to that particular episode as well so let's go ahead and start out with crown tundra um we will not be going into any spoil or story spoiler territory at all whatsoever so you guys do not have to worry about that so who would like to kick off the uh conversation about the crown tundra i go for odin so through this, you log into your game. The first thing you see is a notification that, hey, <laughs> you receive a ticket to this land you've never explored before. And it's a Crown Tundra ticket. It tells you, go to Wedgehurst. You're like, why Wedgehurst? Why can't I just go to any train station? Because the game said so. So, you go to Wedgehurst. Get on the train. And you are welcomed by this beautiful scenery of snow. It is pretty. It's super pretty. It's super pretty. Hella gorgeous. Like the landscape for the snow is actually beautiful. I think they did a really good job with it. And the transition with it, I think, is really solid. Um I'm not gonna get into like any of the crazy like aspects of it. But the second you step out of that train station, you instantly Beautiful. just feel like, well, I'm I'm about to be in like knee deep in some shit. Not like the bad shit, but like just shit. Just stuff. Crazy. Um But that's that's pretty much where you start off. Exiting the train station after using your ticket to go to the Crown Tundra. So the only gripe, and I know Penguin's gonna get, Penguin's gonna agree with me here. You don't leave footprints in the snow when you run around. You do not, and it's really. I didn't even notice that, and that's gonna really bother me now. Oh, Penguin, well, po- Penguin pointed it out, and now it bothers me even more than it did. No, you want to know what bothers me the most about Crown Tundra? You want to know what really like, grinds I'm not my like gears? Kind of bitch. But, um. Okay, before I say anything, how how deep are, how deep can I go? It's I'd like say like the first the 10 minutes of the okay, game. Okay, perfect. The first 10 minutes of the game, you realize something that's different than Isle of Armor. You don't have your Pokemon behind you. You don't get to walk around with your Pokemon until like... Seven minutes deep into the game, and you talk to this old guy, and he says, I suppose you can walk around with your Pokemon. Yeah, you basically... So, so your character... Obviously, your character doesn't, doesn't say anything, because it's a Pokemon game. But I can imagine you go up to this guy and say, Hey, this is a new land. The last time I went to a new land, I was allowed to walk around with my Pokemon. The fuck is your problem? And he goes, 
Well, we have rule. I'm like, don't. I don't care about the rules. My Pokemon's gonna follow me, and if you don't like that, then you can leave this this poorly named town. The literally <laughs> the way that this old man tells you you can walk around your Pokemon is like in the Legend of Zelda, where the old guy in the cave says, "Here, take this sword. It's dangerous." Yeah, he's literally just like, "Oh, you wanted to walk around with your Pokemon? It's That's cool. Have fun." Take this. So yeah, it gives you a wee wee weapon. Yeah, that that part probably could have j- just been left out. They probably could have just let you walk around with your Pokemon in the first place. I don't think you had, it was really necessary to do story stuff for it. Probably not. Because my initial reaction when I get there is shit. My Pokemon's not following. Did they remove this? Because Pokemon's removed it in the past. And I had a feeling they weren't going to remove it, but when I didn't see it, I got a little bit worried. I'm like, oh no. Do I have to go all the way back to Isle of Armor to watch my Pokemon follow me? Honestly, I've been playing the Crown Tundra for like the past 20 minutes or so, and I didn't even notice that they weren't following me until you guys pointed it out. Yeah, I'm a little little off-put by that. But I will like 100% agree with you, Odin. The scenery is damn near breathtaking when you leave that station for the first time Ooh. going into the areas. And I like the music of Crown Tundra so far. I really do. And we can talk real quick about the town names. Because <laughs> they're <laughs> funny as hell. I love so, it. So Penguin and I were, were talking when it was for when it was uh first released and uh we decided that nintendo gave up on naming the only town <laughs> so so we decided it was the intern and i'm pretty sure the one intern who named this town won a raffle their name was picked out of a hat and they go intern number 37 and the guy just starts cheering and they're like all right what do you want to name the town and he goes Freezing tin, and they're like, <laughs> "Can you think of anything else better?" It's like, and no, damn it! I want it to be freezing tin. It's funny as it's, all heck. It's a town. Crap, I've ever seen. And it's frozen, so freezing tin. That's fucking hilarious. I hope this kid's getting college credit for his internship because. <laughs> what do you want? What do you want to bet? There's actually a place in the world called Freezington. He's gonna need the college credit. He, he he probably needs it if he's coming up with names like this. And um, it's actually you you come across I would argue to be the key key feature of Crown Tundra. Literally, as soon as you get in, maybe the first five minutes of gameplay. But um, what's the name? I keep wanting calling it uh, Dynamax. Max, Max raids. Some they're Dynamax Adventures. Dynamax Adventures. We've been we've been doing it for a solid couple hours at this point. We've been doing them throughout the podcast. Shock, shocker. Uh, also was streaming on my Twitch beforehand, doing the same thing. Um, anyone want to want to tell the people what they essentially are? They're interesting. They they really are. So you got like four you and four other people hop into 
these max layers, as they're called. And you have to fight a series of Dynamax battles. And the same rules apply as the as the regular Dynamax battles. Uh, if a battle takes 10 turns, you faint and you're done. Or if you lose four Pokemon total. So you got like four, you can only lose, so throughout the whole thing, you can only lose, your Pokemon can only faint four times total throughout like all four Pokemon. Um, you cannot use your own Pokemon. I thought that was at first when I saw that I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be Garbo," but it's nice. It's a nice little like I don't how do, how do you put it? It's different. It's different. You you rent Pokemon to go and do these uh, Dynamax adventures, and it. It adds a little bit of a difficulty to it. I I like that. I like the the difficulty factor. So you can't just run through all these Dynamax adventures with your level one hundred EV IV train. Perfect EV IV uh legendary Pokemon. You can't Damn. run through with Stabby or Shield Boy. I want my uh Choice spec 500 EVs and special attack and speed shiny Victini. Damn. Why isn't shiny Victini a thing, Pokemon Company? Because they're assholes. I mean, they're not, but, you know, point taken. Kind of. Though. We should. Uh, did you mention? Because I kind of blinked out there for a second. Cola, did you tell them that the final Pokemon in these raids are legendaries? I was. I was getting to that. Yeah. Oh. So, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. So you fight a series of Dynamax Pokemon in this group of four. So I believe there's four Dynamax battles you got to do. Three or four. Yes. That's. Three. Three Dynam Dynamax battles, and then it's the Legendary. Yes. You fight all the Legendaries. Not Mythicals. All the Legendaries are back in the game. Uh, the way to get them... I mean, you can transfer them up, but the way to get them in-game, if you can't transfer them up, is you do the, you do the Dynamax battles. And you get one... You get a random one after... After you beat all three of the uh, other Dynamax Pokemon. Okay. And uh, you can you can encounter them as many times as you want, but you can only catch one. So if you catch one of them and you decide to you have the you have the choice to catch it and from what I believe, I might be wrong, so correct me here. Uh, after you catch it, the the legendaries are a hundred percent catch rate, by the way. But uh, after you catch it, it'll take you to a screen, and you can choose to let it go, so you can farm for a shiny, or you can keep it. Once you keep it, you can still encounter it in a Dynamax adventure. However, uh, you will not be able to catch it. The minute you beat it, it will just run away. There's no catching anything after you've already caught one of them. So, 
Now, there is a very important aspect here uh, when it comes down to doing the max layers for the legendaries. Um, if you choose to not capture that legendary Pokemon after it's done, you have the option of having the science, the scientist lady uh, outside of the max layer um, to hold a place in, the, in uh, her notes for that specific legendary Pokemon to essentially grind out for its legendary to keep farming for it. Um, the best thing I can let you know is that there you have three spots that you can save in the notes. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, if you don't put in the notes that you're not going to be able to run into that Pokemon. What the notes are specifically for are for you to pinpoint the Pokemon that you want to go after Shiny most. Um, you can delete Pokemon off that list, and if you haven't caught them, and still go and grind for a shiny later. If you run into it when uh, the random max layers, if you run into it again, you can re you can put it back into your list. So it's not a if you remove it off your list, you can't get it anymore. It's just a this is just allows you to pinpoint what you're going after. So just a, just something right. to keep in mind there. I think it, in regards for a potential shiny hunt method, this is actually somewhat fun as a potential shiny hunt method. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit tedious, but if you do it with friends, it's not that bad. There is a lot of there is some strategy that like you can't just that's why I like that you you get rental Pokemon for this. Because that way you can't just blast through it with with uh, Stabby or Shield Boy. Right. You There's some strategy involved to this and if you don't you don't play your cards right, you won't get to the legendary. Like, I've had it happen before and it definitely helps playing with other people, playing with friends. But you can't, there is the option to take it on yourself and have three uh, NPCs join. And, right. But, yeah, there's some strategy involved in this. And I'm, I'm very surprised because the amount of uh, Pokemon that we've all played, we've all been playing for 15 plus years, if not longer. 20 for me. Since it started, that's, that's why I load ball. I lowballed it. All right, I've only i've I've only been here for twenty two years, so maybe that's why I said gotta crank shush, those numbers up. Shush. I don't want to crank those. Anyway, um, but no, that's what I like about it. Is there's you can't just go manpower the shit out of this you actually have to think about what you're doing like you you can you can use brute force while in battles but there are different paths to take it's not just three random there are different paths to take and they show you one they show you the main typing of the pokemon so if the you have you have different paths you can take right. so you can either go the fire route and go fight the fight the Fire type Dynamax Pokemon, or you can go like the water route or the bug route, 
and you have to use a little bit of strategy based off the Pokemon that you and your have. So it's a little bit of a difficulty there, and I, I actually really like that because I know a lot of people complain about uh, Pokemon not having not having a difficulty. Oh yeah, but the not have it the not having a difficulty part also comes from the fact that we know I we know our type matchups. We've been playing for twenty years. So, it should be. I mean, from what we played, it's the the Dynamax Adventure. It's it's fun, you know. Is the the rental Pokemon? I think it's real neat that the Pokemon, or specifically the the legendaries. You know, like the last raid battle, the legendaries are guaranteed capture. Because honestly, one of the worst parts about Pokemon is catching legendaries. Right, because their capture rates are such fucking garbage anyway. Exactly. So, like, I I mean, to have some chance there is nice, but it also helps with trying to grind for that shiny legendary that you've been wanting. So. Right. They also only show you one of the one of the so if the Pokemon is a dual typing in this, they only show you one of the typing. So for example, uh, if you go through and it shows that the Pokemon at the end is a steel type, it could be any legendary that has that steel typing. It could be a Dialga. It could be a Heatran. Yeah. It could be any of them, so you don't know right off the bat. A majority of the time, if you get a fairy type legendary, it's going to be Xerneas right off the bat. True, likely. but um, oh, go ahead, Odin. No, I was just going to say likely. Oh, okay, Penguin, you've been you've been fairly quiet. In fact, I don't think you really talked about the Crown Tundra so far. What are some of your thoughts? Penguin's still mad that there's no footy prints in the snow. Yeah, that's really all I got right now. No <laughs> footy prints. No footy prints. I don't know. I haven't played it enough to really tell if I like it, like it or not. Fair enough. And gr- granted, we are keeping uh, we're keeping spo- story yeah. spoilers out. Yeah, we're keeping story spoilers out. Um, since we are keeping story spoilers out, this is, uh, if you want to skip ahead of what I'm about to say, go go ahead. It'll be real quick, so just smash that, uh, just hit that plus five, but I'm going to keep it vague, so y'all have no idea, but Penguin will know. Apparently I'm not a worthy trainer? Yeah, you suck. Shut up, Pe- Penguin. You weren't a worthy trainer either. So, like, if you once you guys get to the town, go talk to everybody, and you'll find out each and every one of you aren't worthy trainers. <laughs> if you guys haven't yet, go look in podcast record. I want you to see something gorgeous. I saw it. Beautiful. Gorgeous. Is that shiny? Yeah. Ooh. 
Yeah, we know one of we know Jinji will have that as soon as Pokemon Home can connect into Pokemon Go. <laughs> yeah, Press. probably. One of those of his is getting transferred over. But um, trying to trying to think. I do know. Um, I mean, granted, this particular thing got spoiled for me, and it's not story spoiler. It's not anything. It's regarding. The Galarian forms of Articuno, Zapdos, and Moltres. I saw their, uh, I guess you can call it like three D three D models or whatever. I find it really cool, and I and I like it that the shiny forms of these Galarian birds have the same color scheme as the Cantonian counterparts of them do. So you you look. You look at Galarian Zapdos, for example, right? Because it's that dark orange sort of color. The shiny form of a Galarian Zapdos has the same color scheme as regular Cantonian Zapdos does. Interesting. And same with uh, Galarian Moltres. Instead of it being all black and red, it's a regular Moltres that we all know of. Orange. That's kind of cool. Yeah, so it's it, it's neat, and then um, I would assume it'll be the same with the with the different Reggies that we have that you, you only get to choose one of the two, either Reggie Lecky or Reggie Drago. Have you guys made any sort of uh, uh, cho- choice ahead of time, or what, what do you guys plan on doing with your Reggie? If I so, only get to pick one, it's definitely going to be Drago. I don't really well, I. So I have sword and shield, so I'm going to end up picking both of them anyways. Right. Are you right. almost just going to... I mean, personally with me, I don't know who I'm going to choose. I'm debating on just straight up tossing a coin and calling it. And then going with whatever. Or at least that is my particular plan. Um, I I think overall, with, with DLC with sword and shield, I think that the Pokemon company obviously one knew what the fuck they were doing. Like they had this planned from the fucking start. There's no, no doubt about it, but I, I can see them doing more DLC in the future. Like I would rather have a game come out, you know, let's say every three years or so. And then between those, those gaps have, uh, you know, DLC just like we've been doing now. Because what is it the 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 retention rate alone with DLC with Sword and Shield is pretty high up there, isn't it? For the most part, yeah. I mean, people are playing them. I I, I don't know what what do you guys think overall about the DLC? I think it's pretty solid, honestly. I think um the fact that they brought back more um. They're bringing in more of the legendaries. They're starting to bring in more of the Pokemon. I think the more they keep doing that, the better they're going to be. Uh, they definitely need to bring back more of the starters. I'm telling you now, I want my Greninja. I know you want Oshawott. Honestly, Samurott is what I want to see most. Oh my god. A Dynamax Samurott. Let's go. So, like, yeah, I feel like that issue could be solved with one more DLC, because one more DLC will give them the opportunity to to uh, 
bring in the rest of the Pokemon that they haven't already. I mean, we're what, 100, 200 short now? I think so, yeah. No, I think we're roughly 200, but there's still there's still uh, map data or map area left over for in the Galar region. So do you guys think we're going to get a like a third round of DLC? I definitely think so. I mean, honestly, they could ride the DLC train for a while. True. I mean, we've been getting roughly 200 Pokemon per DLC, so I know we're missing around that range. Why not we had give us a final... so I think we're at like 800 right now. Or I think we're at like 750 right now. Right, so I think literally at this point, just give us a final round of DLC. Give us a, a, a Battle Factory, you know, like a Battle Frontier style area again, and call it good. Just have that be the entire area. Give us the rest of the Pokemon, and then boom, you got yourself a complete game. All right, so the big so not to super change the subject here because we're still talking about potential DLC, but uh, the big rumor, the biggest rumor out there for a third DLC is we go back to Kalos. What? So the biggest rumor out there that uh, Pokemon fans want to see for the la- for a third a potential third DLC is we go back to the Kalos region because uh, geographically Galar get the Galar region is centered in the UK, which is directly north of uh, of where the Kalos region is located ge- geographically. Right. So that's what everybody's hoping for. Now we haven't had a game go back to a previous region since Gen Two. It's not gonna happen. That's what I'm thinking. I don't think it's gonna happen. There's always that possibility because we can't really predict what Pokemon is gonna do anymore because Pokemon is thrown us through loops before like there's still things in this dlc that i'm not gonna say anything because i'm a little bit further in the story than you guys so i'm not gonna say anything but there's stuff in the dlc alone that they never said a word about and but even especially with like the first dlc when we had pokemon following us they said they didn't say a word about that no they did not and that's something that Pokemon fans all over have been asking for ever since Gen 4, and they finally give it back to us. Granted, it, it is an only D, it is DLC only, but... Especially with the DLC in general, them releasing G- DLC in general, Pokemon has been known to, uh, especially Game Freak too, have been known to go and remake the games and sell them for $60. Uh, specifically, Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Right. DLC is a much better way to do that. Instead of adding Isle of Armor and Crown Tundra into the game and calling it Ultra Sword and Ultra Shield and market it for an extra $30. 
I and think that's, since since Colo brought it up though, I think that's something we should discuss. Is you actually feel that this con that the content we got for Isle of Armor and Crown Tundra was worth the extra thirty bucks? Oh yeah, for sure, without a doubt. Even for after thirty all bucks, the Isle it's, of Armor, it's enough. Uh, there's enough gameplay for thirty dollars. Oh yeah, for sure. I've played mm. games with way less gameplay for way more money. Honestly, I don't feel the same. Really? Okay. Here's my reasoning. Pokemon was usually a handheld game, right? For DS titles and whatnot, it was usually about 40 bucks, right? For a full Pokemon game. Right. With the Crown Tundra and the Isle of Armor being only 10 bucks less than a normal Pokemon game, a Pokemon game from before the Switch... I don't feel the price justifies the amount of content. Really? Put together, Isle of Armor, the Isle of Armor and the Contender is only about eight hours. And it's only one area each. With only some, with only old Pokemon added in and only a hand, a literal handful of new ones. I do not feel that that was worth 30 bucks. Okay, to so to put it in perspective because I went to uh to get the Shield Boy I I played through uh, my roommate's copy of uh Pokémon Shield. So Shield costs I I can see where you're coming from. We have about 8 hours worth of storyline gameplay. Uh split between the two DLC for $30. The main game is 60 and me kind of rushing through it, not really just trying to get it done because I've already I'd already beaten the game on uh Pokémon Sword. It took about 19 to 20 hours to beat the game. Um obviously there's a whole bunch of other stuff you can do besides main storyline. You can go complete the Pokedex. You can go... Uh, in the first DLC, you have to go find 100 fucking Diglett for a perfect IV Alolan Diglett, which is... sucked. Completely That only sucks because you hate Diglett. Well, yeah. you see, if it was a perfect IV shiny Alolan Diglett, it would be worth it. No, it wouldn't. A little bit more worth it. But... No. There's ways of get. It's just they're they're giving us stuff that it's it feels like filler gameplay to be like hey here's some fun things to do and it might it might be because we're older and it's it's tedious and a whole bunch of other stuff but outside of that I can see where you're coming from because sixty dollars for about for about twenty twenty hours worth of gameplay versus. 30 for 8 doesn't really match up but but I see I see it in retrospect it's I can see where you're coming from however you also have to keep in mind that $90 for a main game and two DLC is better than $120 for a game and then the game being well, that's that's not what that's I'm how... this. It's... When you think about it, when you go for the full price of this game, 
We are paying half of that price for content that is far less than half of Sword and Shield. People can argue that Sword and Shield wasn't fulfilling, there's a lot missing, yada yada yada. But when you think about it monetarily, monetarily, I have to ask you guys, do you really feel that this was worth half of the amount you paid for Sword and Shield? I truly do. I honestly, I do. I I can't even lie to you. I, I seriously feel like this game, every bit of it that we've had to pay for it has been absolutely worth it. Because if, if you have to look at it um, in, in this aspect here. So Pokemon themselves as a company are doing something new. They are stepping foot into a realm of something that they haven't done before. That is the DLC style of content. So they're testing the waters still where it's not perfect. It's still probably better than what we could have actually expected from a bunch of newbies in the DLC aspect. Um, I don't think... Do I think maybe they could do it better? Well, absolutely. This is their first time around. You know, they're they're trying to get their bearings for it. But in the aspect for what they did provide to us, I think they did good. I really honestly do. I think they could have done a lot worse with it and made it way more frustrating and people could have been way more upset about it than what people are right now. So, yeah, I'm just going to disagree because I don't feel that the content was worth 30. I feel it was maybe I feel like worth 25 20. would be okay. I feel it was worth 20, 10 bucks each. Because honestly, once the story was over, I got absolutely bored with the Isle of Armor. Yeah, once the story. So, with Isle of Armor, once the storyline is over, there's, nothing there's to do. not much else to do other than yeah you can do the raid dens with friends you can go find the fucking diglets which is fucking tedious as shit don't do that pokemon don't fucking do that shit i don't actually get- really like it because see they did the same thing for crown tundra and said diglets there's fucking footprints everywhere and- yeah but the footprints lead you to legendary pokemon like the diglets like well, it's... they don't just lead you to uh, legendary Pokemon, though, either. Um, you have... There There are only a certain number of footprints scattered across of the Crown Tundra. Like me, for example, I'm at 80% completed for the footprints. Okay, so I... I wasn't... I've been waiting for someone else to bring the footprints up because I went and... While I was talking with uh, Penguin uh, last night, when it first dropped, I wandered around like an idiot. I didn't touch the storyline. I didn't do really much of anything. But I did the footprints. I'm at 100% of uh, Iron Will and Grassland Pokemon. So I just have the Cavern Pokemon. I can't figure out where the Cavern footprints are. I've gotten all three of them. They weren't that hard to find. Where are the cavern footprints? Like, um, it's like obviously know. grassland is in grassland. I found a majority of uh, did you go into the cavern by the river? Which river? Uh, it's there's a river the... that separates some of the grassland and it leads into a cave. The cavern 
Um, that leads from Giant's Bed. Oh, the Lakeside Cave. Yeah. Um, I will have to double. Yeah, they're all around the Dinah Tree Hill. Interesting. Why do I have a... But uh, another thing is, even though I haven't gone into the Crown Tundra, I feel like a lot of it is going to be relying on those Dynamax adventures. And yeah, while they may seem fun, I don't think the rewards are worth it. The the, le- the legendary Pokemon guaranteed capture, or even on top of that, guaranteed capture, when normally yeah. legends are a bitch. And see, I actually really appreciate the factor that they put in for legendary Pokemon being 100% captures, because this enables you to capture the legendary Pokemon in the ball that you want. I know it takes away from the challenge and the achievement of capturing a non-ultra, like, for example, a non-ultra beast legendary in a fucking beast ball. But if you look at it, you know, you really just, this enables you to not have to worry about going through and wasting a bunch of Pokeballs to try to capture Pokemon. And you also have to look at it in the aspect of, okay, now, the way they did it, how what did that enable for additional possibilities? Especially if you're like Odin, who, when we set up uh, Shiny Dens, we'll run it for close to 40 hours straight because he can't catch it in a beast ball. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I get that. I get the quality of life improvement, but they're still all the Pokemon. And to me, that's not exciting. They're the same legendaries that have been available in all the previous games. The legendaries just aren't exciting. It's not exciting because you've already experienced them because they're a lot more useful. They're still coming into the game and you can't really transfer in and out of Go. But with these ones, I can just move them over from the old ones and be done with it. To me, the the Dynamax adventures aren't that appealing for the legendaries. The only appealing thing is just the multiplayer. Yeah, I guess. Because that's just where I'm coming from is... Like, yeah, it could be cool for new players, but a lot of Pokemon is also built on the old players, and these are just older Pokemon. It's just the same stuff that's been in for the previous games. I mean, we had the Hoopa Rings in uh, uh, Mega Ruby and the uh, Ultra Wormholes in Ultra Moon and Ultra Sun, and it doesn't it doesn't excite me. I I wanted more for what I paid for. And while I'm only just getting in the Crown Tundra, so far the Isle of Armor has really reduced what I think it should have been worth. And with the big selling point of Crown Tundra being the being the Dynamax Adventures, I don't have the biggest hope for it right now. I, I think there should have been more for the money that was put into it. Okay, so we'll play play Devil's Advocate. It's too light. What do you think they should have... So you're you're saying a bunch of... uh, You're saying a lot of you hope that that there was more. Did you have anything in mind that you would have liked to see in these DLCs that 
Honestly, what I, what, I, what I would have liked to have seen is uh, possibly an extension of the gym challenges. Or maybe closer to the Battle Frontier, I suppose. Having each one have their own unique set of challenges that you have to put your metal to the test. This, for, this did come, uh, come out a long time after, uh, several months after the first game's drop, so a lot of people would have completed the main story. So I feel like this should have been treated. Well, isn't the there, isn't there the uh, the new tournament thing with? What, yeah, what, but that's oh. more like the battle train and stuff. I, I'm thinking, like, I still don't even know how you like activate that. More, more tied into the story. Have a have a special challenge ring, like I thought the Isle of Armor might have, since you were supposed to be training with Kubfu the whole time. But instead, it was less than mini games. I mean, they did mainstream that aspect. I I feel definitely kind of like not as uh, not as engaging as most people would have wanted. Yeah, I wanted some new challenges, and I definitely wanted some new some more Pokemon. The Isle of Armor was super disappointing on that front, with only having Slowpoke, uh, Slowbro. Kubfu and Urshifus. That was it. And I've seen the new ones that have come out in Crown Tundra, and they're all legendaries, which is nice, but and Slowking, but still feel like they could have done some more with that. Introduced maybe a couple more regional forms, or maybe some unique unique ice or valley type Pokemon that could have been out, out in the Crown Tundra that we hadn't seen before. Something new. That is fair. They could have added a little bit more in terms of Pokemon-wise. Because the only... Outside of Legendary... Outside of Legendaries, the only new Pokemon we got were Galarian Slowpoke, Slowking, and Slowbro, and that's about it. They didn't expand on the fact that, hey, these are new areas. We could potentially be getting new Pokemon. And I'm not saying, like, go create brand new Pokemon. Just just uh word. Like new new Galar form for Pokemon that because in the Crown Tundra when you started off and or when you find the footprint. Sonya you, you meet Sonya, Sonya does a whole bunch of bullshit talking, blah blah blah. I'm not saying anything else about it, but uh They they mentioned that there are Pokemon here that haven't been seen anywhere else. I.e. the Galar Trio. The Galar Bird Trio. And they could have expanded on that. Like this is an area that's secluded from the rest of from the rest of the Galar region. Not many people know about Freezing Tin or the Crown Tundra. And they could have incorporated that more into the storyline of, hey, we have some exclusive, exclusive uh, Pokemon that are exclusive to this snowy region because, like the Alola region, po- people brought them here from Galar 
a long time ago, and now they have ice forms or something like that. They could have, they could have done a little bit more in terms of, in terms of that. And I, I'm not trying to bash what Pokemon Company did because they did set out huge wild area, open world Pokemon stuff in only a matter of months for both of them. That's still impressive, but I don't feel what was completed was worth the cost of admission. I feel like for $30, which is nearly the price of what we used to pay for games like Black and White, Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, X and Y, Omega Ruby, Alpha Sapphire, there should have been something more to them than just, here's a here's four new Pokemon, you have a new area to catch all the old Pokemon, that's it. You have a little story. That's when you break it all down. That's all. That's all there is to it. And that's that's just kind of depressing to me because I was hoping for more. And I know that I know that they can do more. I mean, but. they have proven that they can do more. It's give us a battle frontier like that, like we got in Emerald. And I mean, Something that takes to... up our time. Something that takes up our time, but at the same time is worth it. Yeah, I'm not trying to bum anyone out. That like the battle tower, the I, battle I, tower we have for like, honestly, the best post game content we've had in terms of replayability was the was the battle frontier in Pokemon Emerald. Because it was just so much, there was so much replayability, and there's so much that you can do with different battle styles and game modes and stuff like that, to where it made it worth playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not trying to bum out anyone that enjoys it. it. Pokemon, Pokemon's enjoyable to, for people in different ways, and in in different different Pokemon mean different things, but just. To me, I think there could have been more for what was paid for. That's just how I feel. Okay. Well, I mean, to to, to each their own. Um, if you enjoy it, you enjoy it. If you don't, you don't. Um, please, listeners, let us know what you think about the DLC overall. What you think again of the Isle of Armor or Crown Tundra or just so far, Gen Eight as a as a whole, um, all of the communications that you can get in touch with us with is in the show description. So, I guess with that being said, you guys, we're gonna cut it here and jump into the bullshit segment. We will be right back. What's up, guys? Do you enjoy podcasts like us? Have you ever yes. wanted to start one of your own? Are you too scared yes. to start one? Well. To be honest, yes. we were scared in the very beginning before we started Pixels, but luckily we found Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is one of the easiest ways to start a podcast. They're a dedicated team driven to help your podcast succeed. Their website is very simple to use and gives you stats on your show. It's amazing. They put your podcast on all the different podcast players like Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. 
exactly. And we love Buzzsprout so much, we recently became a affiliate. Start your own podcast using our special link, which will be in the show description. Today, and after upgrading to any service plan, you will be able to receive a $20 Amazon gift card. Join us, us Pixels, and over 100,000 other users using Buzzsprout today. Buzzsprout, easiest way to podcast. And now we will return you to your show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Welcome back, you guys, to the bullshit segment of the show. Bullshit away. Well, now I will say as a whole, Gen 8, absolutely loved it. I love the main story of Sword and Shield. I know a lot of people don't give, don't give a crap about it, but I liked the characters. I like Marnie. I like Hop. I love to hate Bede. And Pierce... Fuck you, Bede. Pierce is... Pierce is a wonderful person. That he is. And, if Pierce wasn't real in this game, quick, it wouldn't that I wanted to, to bring up as well... Um, did you know how they said that all of the legendaries are back and they had little little screenshots of everyone? Yeah. They also included Zacian, Zamazenta, and Eternatus. So do you think they're in this pool somewhere? Maybe. Probably not. Shinies, maybe? I, I don't know shinies. But, I mean, they said that they were there and all those legendaries are supposedly in these legendary raids. So do you think they're in there normally, or do you think they would open up like uh, special Dynamax adventure events that you can do? I mean, it's possible. Give the player an opportunity to get the uh, the the uh, the uh, game exclusive Pokemon that they couldn't get before. Right, and Val is typing in the podcast record channel. Um, she says the same thing as well. Probably events and like the mythical Pokemon as well. Yeah, well, I'm not so even like, sure if they'll bring in the mythicals or not. So there are still Pokemon that uh, we have sitting at home that still can't be brought over to this. So like Darkrai is one of them. You you can't bring Darkrai over. Um, Deoxys you cannot bring over. Which is weird. I'm surprised they still count Deoxys as a mythical. Um, but there's there's still Pokemon yet to actually be released into the game that we can't quite use yet. Because honestly, I would have loved to have walked around with a Darkrai. I have a Darkrai on mine. Uh, oh, I, I we completely forgot. Um, so... Expand on this a little more, whichever one of you knows more than I do, because I'm a big dumb boy over here. G-Max Melmetal. Um, I don't remember what what we you, have to do to get him. You but get you have him to transfer by Pokemon transferring from Pokemon Go from Go to Home for the first time. You only get this one specific G-Max uh, Melmetal. And you cannot use the uh, the G Max soup on any other Melmetal. You only get one G Max one. That's it. So that is really I, stupid. That kind of defeats the whole purpose of like all the boxes and stuff trying to get the Melmetal in the first place. 
Because, like, yeah, you can get the Melmetal in Pokemon Go, but once it's yeah, Go to home, Go is technically the still a from side game. The so, yeah, so once you... If you all you have to do to get the G Max Metal Metal is just transfer from Go to Home, then you get the G Max Metal Metal in Sword and Shield. It kind of takes away from the uh, the uh, box, the boxes and stuff like that. Right. Because those boxes, you you need to do like thirty of them just to get a Metal Metal. Like I'm still working on it. Like. Well, now, I don't do it that often. I don't really do it at all. But. Well, now it's perfect timing for you, Colo, because as of now, with the uh, Halloween event, there's double candy going on. So each Meltan capture right now is going to be six. If you pop a Pinnap Berry on it, that's 12 Meltans per capture. So you can get a Mel Metal fairly quickly right now. I think I'm at like 100, some, 100 candies or something like that. Honestly, go pop open a box, use your Pinnap Berries, you'll have a Mel Metal. You need 400 candies. Right, so you need roughly 300, so which means go capture 50 Meltans and you're good. That's a lot of work. A, you know, a little less than that, because, you know, you get candy <coughs> transferring them. Bless, Bless you. you. Alright, I totally forgot to mute myself from doing that. You're good. But, anyway, um, since we're in the bullshit segment, and everybody who listens to this show know that we all play games while we do while we do the podcast. We don't sit and put a hundred percent of our attention on the podcast. <laughs> we put a, we give a hundred percent effort on the podcast, but we don't give a hundred percent attention on the podcast. Oh, we're which supposed is to why be you occasionally hear. Effort. Which is why you occasionally hear me go in the middle of my sentence. I'll be. I'll focus on the game. I'll forget that I'm reading an article, and I'll be like, "Oh, well, uh, yeah, th- this, and then blah 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 blah." blah. So, so that being said, I joined a shiny Exploud raid. I caught it. Go fuck yourself. So I think my shiny count is at like ninety so far, just doing bullshit. They're not all my shiny, but. Like, a lot of them have been either traded to me, or I got them in uh, Raid Den. Okay, I have found one thing to praise the Grunt Under about. Oh? I actually like that the level caps aren't set at 60. I like that a lot of the Pokemon I'm finding are higher than that level. That's fine, that's really nice. I didn't say your dens are bullshit, Val. I said that a lot of the Pokemon that I ha- I have I didn't get that many po- Pokemon from your dens because you run the dens after I go to work because I work night shift. So I'm getting traded a lot of bullshit Pokemon. All the bullshit Pokemon are the ones that are from Machamps.com that I'm never gonna use. I'm just gonna keep because they I have a shiny. I'm not going to use them for anything. Yes! Through through fucking Wonder Trade! Well. Alright, Val, Val's a salty baby. Salty baby. And one, la- one last thing about Gen 8 that I think makes it special. What's up? We get to see the aftermath of the trainer's choices. Hold up, did this bitch just call me a baby? 
Baby, baby, oh, baby, 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 baby. Val, shush. You're not on this episode. Okay, okay, I'll play nice. I'll play nice. Love you, Val. I'll play nice. Penguin, I'm behaving. Don't you dare kick me. I did nothing wrong. Anyway, what I was saying is that for the first time, you get to see what happens to your rivals after the story ends. That's not happened before. We get to see uh, Hop becoming the uh, research assistant for uh, the professor. Uh, we see Bede and Marnie become gym leaders. That's never happened in the same game. Those are usually like what happened with Gen 2. You see them after that's already happened. True, yeah, or black, and white, black and white, too. We don't huh? talk about those games. Well, that was from one game to another. This is oh, in the okay. same game. We get to see the start of their stories continuing on. Usually, when you go see a rival after the, after the game ends, they're just sitting at home, doing nothing, wallowing in their defeat. Like Hop? Like the bitches they are. <laughs> No, like you going off that. You even see Hop. Hop decides that the path that he was taking after you beat the shit out of him time and time again. He goes, you know what? After like the thirtieth time you beat his ass, he goes, you know what? This ain't for me. I'm gonna go become a Pokemon researcher and go research Pokemon with uh, Sonya. Like you see them change. You see them. You you see the character development in game, not in the game that comes after it. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Well, I guess with that lovableness aside, you guys, Odin, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at by Odin's beard. That is Odin with two N's. Anywhere else? Uh, at the moment, I mean, you can find me on Pixels, Polygons, and Fun. Hey, a podcast where we talk about anything underneath the video games. Fucking smart ass. <laughs> okay. But, all right, Colo. You can find me on Twitter as Colo254. You can find me on YouTube. As Kolochu. Uh new new content coming. I I constantly say that, but like I have a series of videos that have been sitting in backlog for almost three months now, and I'm going to I wanted to finish Clover before any of them were uploaded. So they are a little outdated, and I'm gonna add in the description, yeah, these were recorded like three months ago. But yeah, so episode one should be out by the time you're listening to this. If not, keep an eye out because it'll come out probably sometime this upcoming week. So. Okay. Huh? All right, DJ, can people find you anywhere? Haha, <laughs> I'm a horse. Find me on Twitch. Yeah, what's the link for that? You don't get one. <laughs> you have to go scour Twitch to find. Well, all right, Val. Or I guess uh, 
I want to say it's Lone Wolf eight zero one two for Twitter. Uh, Penguin, do you want to plug yourself? Uh, okay. Uh, you can follow Penguin on her personal Twitter at Penguin Wa- Penguin Mage ninety three. <laughs> Penguin Wage. <laughs> Penguin Wage. Penguin Wage. But um. Yeah, you can follow That's the other Penguin Twitter. Penguin Wage 39. Penguin Wage! Penguin Wage. Penguin Wage 39. You can find me at my personal Twitter at Raging Ginger. You can follow the show at PPAF Podcast. For any questions, comments, concerns, or topic suggestions, minus dropping it in the Discord, for which we always have the invite link down below in the show description. You guys can send in an email at ppandfpodcast at gmail.com. We also have a Google voicemail that you can call, leave a number, and we can play the voicemail on the show. And the number for that voicemail is 402-370-6355. So, like I said, feel free to leave voicemail if you want, especially as a response to our question for this episode. What do you guys think of the DLC for Sword and Shield overall as a whole now since we have everything? So, yeah, with that being said, you guys, this has been the 116th episode of Pixels Polygons and Fun, the video game podcast to talk about anything under the video game sun. I'm your host, Jinji. I've been Odin. I've been Kolo. Hey, TJ. I'm a horse. And the muted ladies are here as well. Miss Val and Miss Penguin. I've been Gingy. We will catch you next week for episode 117. Bing, shut the hell up. I'm not talking to you. We'll see y'all next week. Have a good one. Good night, everybody. Night-night. Night. Night. Night.